Check one, two, one, two. Is this thing working? You're listening to Rabbi Ariel Schollklapper, the wisdom and tools you need to thrive. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is Rav Ariel Schollklapper. I'm excited to share step four. And I want to just say a quick thing before I totally jump in. Step four and five are considered like a couple, like a coupling. So step four and five, six and seven, eight and nine are kind of coupled up. They're considered, they're like, you know, two peas in a pod. So we're going to talk about fourth step, but I also, while you're doing fourth step, you should be thinking about how am I going to do fifth step kind of, maybe don't put it, you know, you don't need to like obsess over it one step at a time, but as soon as you're done with four, go do five, like pretty quickly right away. They're, they're sort of together. So dun, 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 <laughs> the dreaded step four. I think so many people, when they talk about doing a fourth step, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing my fourth step. It's hard. It's uh, emotional. It's raw. It's honest if you're doing it right. But it's also the healing step. So whereas one, two, and three are really important, foundational, they're we build on those. Step four is really where the, the healing starts to happen, actually, as difficult as it is. So step four is made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Oof. Okay, so uh, searching, fearless, those are going to come up a lot uh, over the course of the quotes for today. We've got 20 quotes today. They're you know, we'll see how long it takes. Hopefully not that long. I try to be precise and brief with this. But there's lots of ways to do a fourth step. There's the way that I did my first time around, which was make a list of all the people you're holding resentments against, all the people you've been pissed at since your day of birth, or who, I don't know, I guess before you're born, if you wanted to. And then uh, make a list of all like another column with all the things you've done that you regret, that you kind of, you know, wish you could take back. Things you know were, were you knew you, they were wrong, or maybe you didn't know at the time, but you know now those were wrong things to do, and it's still holding on to them. They're in your consciousness. But then there's the third column, which would be the ways in which we've not been good to ourselves. Um. Yeah. yeah. For me, I think that's the emphasis of all of this, really, when it comes to codependency. But of course, all of those pieces are important. And there's so many ways to do this. Sometimes people just start writing like a story of their life, like from the beginning, how did it all go down? What, are their, what were the relationships? What were the ideas they had of themselves, the experiences they had? So yeah, fourth step. I'll start reading some quotes now. And yeah, hopefully you have the support you need to get through this. But just know this is the healing step. As hard as it is, this is like this is a big big step in the program. Quote number 1. Quote, but what we discover is this. If we do not use our present circumstances as a challenge, a trigger, and an invitation to look within, we will find ourselves dancing through a repeat performance. 
We may leave one person because of their particular problem, only to find ourselves in another relationship with someone who has a similar or perhaps identical problem, unquote. Isn't that, that's like, I think, what ends up a lot of people in program, I mean, it's a recognition of, well, I keep finding the same people. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully then you realize, or like, it's either you're finding the same people or you're recognizing that you're having the same feelings in a variety of different paths of pathways of your life. Like I heard somebody recently say, you know, I felt like, this, I feel like this at work with my boss. I feel like this at home with my boyfriend. I feel like this with my family members. It's like, at what point do you recognize that it's actually you? That something about how you're approaching the world is creating this problem in your life over and over. And now that is tough news uh, because maybe up until this point, you've been saying, look at all these people doing all this stuff to me. I can't believe it. I, I, they're so, they're so bad. Look at them. But this is that tough news of saying, oh no, it's me. It's actually me the whole time. It's been me. This is my pattern. So it's tough news in that you can't blame anybody else, but it's empowering because now you know it's not something that's out of your control. It's something that you can control. It's empowering. You can change yourself. Quote number two. Quote, what's going on with me? What am I doing? What am I not doing? Why did I need to go through these circumstances? What are these circumstances triggering within me? What are these old memories, the old fears, the old tapes being replayed? What's my agenda? What's my lesson from this experience? What do I need to learn about taking care of myself? And what's stopping me from doing that? Unquote. So these are the questions of like that can help prompt your fourth step. It's purpose of this, of all these questions is to be searching, like try to go as deep as you can, be fearless. You're not sure what you're going to encounter, but don't be deterred by that. Quote number three, quote, we're taking this step to get to the core of recovery, self-responsibility. We are responsible for ourselves, our circumstances, and whether we choose to remain in them and our attitude toward these circumstances. We are responsible for what we have created in our lives and what we will create. We are responsible for our feelings. They are ours, unquote. So here's the why we're doing this. We're doing these steps. We're doing this particular step so that we can take responsibility for what part of all of this is ours. Not going to take responsibility for everything of other people's but we are going to take responsibility for what we do have, what is in our control. This is why it builds on steps one through three. Quote number four, quote, the great codependency delusion is this. We would be feeling different if someone else would just do something. If we were someone else, if we had something we wanted, not true. We could jet to every state and five foreign countries and until we dealt with our feelings, we'd be feeling the same way in each location we visited. 
If I feel miserable, it doesn't matter who calls or where I go. I'll feel that way until I face and deal with my feelings. If I'm feeling afraid, I'll feel afraid until I deal with my fear. Unquote. It's so tempting. It's so tempting. And I see so many people in the beginning stages of recovery just blaming everybody. It's like they come in and you can hear it. It's like such a painful thing to witness of like, it, my it's my ex that's driving me crazy. It's my parents. I can't believe they did so-and-so in my life or my kids. They're acting like this or that. And it's like, it, you take yourself everywhere you go. It's not about those people. It's not about the circumstance. It's about the fact that you have, you keep showing up the same way over and over and over. And until you face what's going on with you, taking responsibility for yourself, nothing is going to get better. It just isn't. Blaming other people is just not going to get it done. Quote number five. Quote, this step is the beginning of our own house cleaning. It's where we begin looking within for the solution to our problems and pain. It's how we begin to heal ourselves and our hearts. In this step, we begin to allow the light to come into ourselves, unquote. Yeah, so one, two, three, those steps set us up. These are the, those are the foundation. Step four, this step is the medicine. This is where we start to actually do the recovery steps of like moving forward, being able to clear out the crap that's in our way. Quote six, quote, an important part of this process is finally to feel as hurt and angry as we need to, so we can be done with these feelings. We need to get them out of our minds, bodies, and souls, so we can be free from their control and influence. We allow ourselves to grieve our losses fully. Our unresolved emotions may be motivating our behaviors today. Unfinished business doesn't go away. It keeps repeating itself until we are ready to deal with it. Often, acceptance is all that is required. Sometimes, we need more help healing from our pasts, unquote. You got to feel it. You got to feel it to heal it. You got to acknowledge that it's there. You got to turn inward and see what's actually happening. How am I feeling? What, like, whether or not it's, like, legitimate, if you are feeling however you're feeling, you're feeling that way. It doesn't matter if it's, like, true. It doesn't matter, you know, the, if you're feeling like a victim, then you got to just say, I'm feeling like a victim, right? Like, what? however you're feeling, sad, angry, um, upset, entitled, whatever. It's sort of, like, getting it out, acknowledging it, expressing it, being able to move it out of our system and acknowledging it, getting it out. Because the unresolved things are the things that are getting in our way. Those are the things that are keeping us in the trap. Quote number seven. Quote, feelings are an important part of us. Not acknowledging them is a key issue in codependency. Feeling our feelings, allowing ourselves to have feelings, is a key to recovery. Unquote. I'm just going to jump into quote number eight because I think they're really similar. Feelings are not the disease. Not feeling them, repressing them, holding back is the problem, unquote. Yeah, this is the, this is the crux, is like, 
feel it to heal it. We have to acknowledge what we're feeling. We're learning to honor and embrace what we're actually feeling. And because the alternative of trying to push it away, repress it, has actually been killing us and our relationships and the satisfaction we're able to get. Let's talk more about that like in the in the follow-up of this step and in step five, but there is a way in which if we're not really honest with ourselves about how we're feeling, then we can't really share that with other people and then they don't know who we are and then how could they love us, right? It's like, or how, how could they even show up for us if they don't really know what we need? Quote number nine, quote, some experts now say, that unfelt feelings cause disease, physical illness, sometimes death. I agree. And if we aren't feeling, we're not fully alive, unquote. Oh boy, right? How many of us know people who, because they're denying their feelings, are just struggling? I mean, I know even personally from the clients that I've worked with over the years is how many of them have come in with chronic pain, high blood pressure, like headaches, migraines, like just overall unwell sickness, then doing the work and actually becoming honest with how they're feeling and what's going on in their lives. And then those things diminish, vanish. They're not on the blood pressure medication. They're not having the migraines. They're not having the chronic pain, right? It's like, those, the mental and the physical are tied together for sure. That's not to say that every physical ailment is like of a mental origin, but it is to say like a good chunk of them, if we were being honest, are correlated to the events in our lives and the way that we interpret them and our mentalities and the way that we are honest or aren't about our feelings. Quote number 10, quote, Remember, our feelings are our responsibility. It doesn't matter who did what. Our feelings are our feelings. They'll be with us until we deal with them, whether or not the other person changes, unquote. Now, this one's annoying because it's like giving people the hall pass of saying, like, it's not about them, but that's the truth. And it's, yeah, it's annoying, but it's also empowering. It's saying, like, they, let them do whatever they want. We may have to set up boundaries to keep them away from us, right, if they continue acting that way. But we have to be in charge of and take responsibility for the way that we feel our own feelings and deal with our own feelings. Or at least that's the, the promise that if we do this, we can get to that point. Quote number 11. Quote, we can learn to let ourselves feel and heal from the backlog of feelings from our past. We can learn to deal appropriately with our feelings. We can learn to live through the painful ones and get to the joyous ones, unquote. This is why the words searching and fearless are so critical in the step four. It's like you want to be searching, you want to be thorough because you want to clear it out. Like, don't let anything just sit there because you'll just have to 
go get it later. And that's not to say that you should force yourself to look at something you're not ready to look at, but as much as you can, be thorough, be fearless, because that'll help you get through the painful and into the joyous. Quote number 12, these steps are also a self-esteem program. We work them to be done with shame, guilt, and low self-esteem. We work these steps to learn how to love ourselves. Then we can learn how to love other people and let them love us, unquote. Yeah, what are we pissed about? And how did we need love? Or how can we do that for ourselves? How can we actually be more expressive of what our needs are? That's part of this process is getting to know ourselves, how to learn to love ourselves, how to also allow other people to love us. Because if we don't know how to love ourselves, we don't know how we need to be loved, how can we expect other people to do that? Or to, how can we expect ourselves to be able to express our needs? We don't we need to get, we're getting to know ourselves. We're, we're learning ourselves through this process. It's, a, it's almost like, it sounds absurd to say as adults, we're like learning ourselves. But for a lot of people who are codependent or grew up with challenging circumstance, they had to put themselves aside. And even if you didn't grow up in that way, it's like there's a continual rediscovery of a, of human of yourself as a human being that can go on through your entire life. Quote 13, quote, we go back to the past long enough to finally to be, we go back to the past long enough to be able finally to put it behind us and set ourselves free, unquote. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. This is not a process to just dwell in the past, to stay stuck, to re-traumatize ourselves. We're doing this to move forward. We're doing this process. We're doing this looking into the past so that we can free what's tying us up from being able to move forward, to be present in our lives in a way that we could be proud of. Quote 14, quote, the feeling of rejection and sadness were accompanied by beliefs that I was not good enough and never would be. And I masked it all in a strange dichotomy in which I vacillated between feelings of superiority and inferiority, unquote. This is so typical of so many of us, but I think especially in the recovery world of like this, I'm either the best or I'm the worst. And it's a black and white situation. There's good and there's evil. And this is what we're doing in this process is, is rehabilitating our beliefs in ourselves of like that we are good enough, um, that we, we have something to contribute to this world and re actually rebuilding our self-esteem to actually be accurate that we're human beings that are here to contribute and we have something to offer, not in a way that's superior or inferior. We'll talk more about that. Quote 15, quote, to survive this, I had told myself terrible lies. I had bought into the brainwashing and had made one excuse after another for those I had lived with, unquote. This is that, what are you telling yourself? I, I love uh, Don Miguel Ruiz's 
four agreements. He talks about how, you know, we are taught whatever we're taught when we're kids to, you know, to believe about ourselves, but then we take it on and we do that to ourselves. And at some point it's like, those people are long gone. They're not there. They're not doing the, they're not instilling the, they instilled the belief, but you're the one who's reifying it. You're the one who's, who's been agreeing with it and enforcing it. So there's almost this, a huge element of taking responsibility and even self-apology for the, for the pain and programming that you've perpetuated upon yourself. Quote 16. The grief from this process was enormous. Being forced to stand alone, on, own my power, feel my feelings, and go through life without a buffer caused overwhelming emotions, unquote. I mean, this one was, for me, tremendous. It helped me a lot because it gave me permission and validation like that there would be legitimate grief in the process of going through these steps and of healing. The process of healing is a lot of times a process of grieving either expectations we had, a life we wished for, circumstances that didn't go well, ways that we've treated others, ways we've treated ourselves, ways we've allowed ourselves to be treated. And in that recognition, it's like, it sucks. Not a good feeling, but we want to feel it. We want to feel it so that we can heal it. And sometimes that involves a legitimate grief. Quote 17, over and over again, I grieved one loss after another from birth to the present, unquote. This is just, again, it's like, part of this process is a grieving is legit. You know, we may have been through some, some really horrible things. I've heard people discuss really horrible things they've been through. This is the process of grieving. Quote number 18, quote, this is the healing step. This is the healing the heart step. This step can change lives. Go deep, go as deep within yourself as you can start with the top layer and let the process take you deeper. Do not be afraid of what you will find, unquote. Got to be fearless. <laughs> and I know it's like, I know it's hard to do that, but it's almost like the more fearless, the more thorough, the more searching you are in this part, the better your the rest of your process will go. That's like just wisdom from the other side. So do the tough stuff now. Don't be afraid. This is towards healing. So go deep because you know you're going to get all of the ache out. You want to get all of whatever is ailing you out. Quote number 19. If we're seeking only the relief of being blameless, if we're seeking only the temporary relief and high of moral superiority, then we can continue doing that. But if we're looking for more from our recoveries and from our lives, looking within is the answer, unquote. This is the taking responsibility part of this, the 
taking responsibility for our part of what's going on and not of blaming everybody else, not of saying, well, they did that and this and that, and I grew up like this or whatever. It's like, you're an adult now. Those may be true. And now what are you going to do? What's in your control? What have you done to perpetuate that? So it's not just a, a, a process of looking for everybody else to blame. It's taking our own part in all of this, taking that empowering step of saying, these are the things that I wish I'd done differently. Now, how do I get the skills I need to move forward? And the last quote, we've been doing what we believed we needed to do to survive. Now we're on the way to becoming fully alive, unquote. So quote number 20, it's not about blame. This is not about blame at all. It's not about shame. It's not about guilt. It's about being radically honest. And yes, that may come with grief, but that leads to the healing. So do the step. Make your searching and fearless moral inventory. Do it however you need to do it. If uh, you need help with how to do that, talk to a sponsor. Or um, there are lots of exercises available for how to go through that. Some of them, I think, are way too long. But yeah, do it. Be searching. Be fearless. Do it. And... That's the step. This is the this is the healing step. So, I'll catch y'all in step five. And uh, if you love it, share it. Give us five stars. Give us a good review, and subscribe. And then you'll get step five soon enough. Take care, everybody. To stay updated on new episodes, subscribe on iTunes or follow on Facebook.com/slash Rabbi Shulk. That's Rabbi Shulk, R-A-B-B-I-S-H-O-L-K.